please stand? Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watching or silent flocks And so uh, now, now that we're now that we're all electrified here this morning, um, welcome to Northside Baptist Church. Glad that you are with us, especially if you are a guest. Um, we're especially thankful that you're here. You chose to join with us and worship this last Sunday of the decade. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna look at, at God's faithfulness today. Um, and, and once again, He's been faithful. Uh, and 
But if you are a guest, we have a portion of our bulletin. We'd love for you to fill that out, place it in the offer place. We can know who you are, have a record of your visit, know how we can minister to you. There's also a place where you can put a prayer request. We'd love to pray for you this week. Um, but right now, take this opportunity and uh, let somebody know that, that, that you're excited to see them. Shake their hand or, uh, or, or hug their neck. Unless you're like me, and I'm giving you a warning right now. I'm a little congested if you can't tell. And so I might just wave at you a little bit, um, but uh, I love you nonetheless. But uh, take this time to greet one another. Yeah. 
Ethan and choir for that. <clears throat> Children, if you will join me up here, and uh, but just don't get too close, okay? I'd hate for you guys to have what I got. All right? Well, you're okay. You've been close to me all week. All right. Well, something happened this past week. What? What was? What was this past week? Anybody know? What, what was this past week? Christmas, yes. And so, I, you know, we were just right here a week ago, but it, it, to me it feels like it was a month ago. I don't know about anybody else. But uh, you, know what, you, what, you know what we got to do last week that we were here? Look at this tree. You see this tree? It is almost complete. There are 23 bows on that tree. And you know what we get to do today? We get to put one more. You know what I haven't done? I haven't put a bow on this tree yet. So I'm going to put one right up here because we have met and exceeded our goal for Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Yes. Fantastic. All right, let's come on back down here. <clears throat> Man, that is, that is fantastic. All right. So, but I want to talk to you about something. So last week was Christmas. Come on down this way or that way. Either way. All right, that'll work. That sounds good. All right, so... Listen, last week was Christmas, so you know what happens this coming week? Anybody, anybody heard of anything called New Year's? Have you ever heard of that before? Yeah, yeah, so um, something, something typically happens, mostly with adults. And I just want to play a game and see if you guys have been listening to any adults in your life. All right? We, we talk about these things called resolutions. You ever heard of a resolution? Anybody? No? I didn't think so. So it's just... It's just people decide that this next year they're going to do something different. They're going to do something different. So um, maybe like when you start school, we, we, how many of you are in school? How many of you are in school? Anybody in school? When, when you start school, you say, this year, this year I'm actually going to behave. Anybody ever thought, anybody ever, anybody ever said, I'm going to behave, I'm going to do what's right? Okay, we're well, good. All right, I'm glad. Anybody said, I'm going to do what's wrong? Okay, anybody said, I'm gonna, I want to get some stickers or some stamps so I can go to the treasure box. I'm trying to think what in the world. Anybody said, I don't want to miss nap time. So there's some things, yeah, out here, that's right. People make resolutions a lot of times. A lot of times adults make resolutions, and a lot of times they have to do with things like this, like eating better and, and, and getting healthy and getting in shape. They say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to exercise more, I'm going to eat better. Or another resolution that people might make is, I'm going to read my Bible more every day. That sounds like a good thing, right? Read your Bible. You agree with that? Does anybody up here speak English? I do. All right. So do we want to read our Bible? Is that a good thing? How about this? Give me a thumbs up if it's a good thing. Yeah. All right. How about we want to be in church regularly, like every week. We want to make sure we're coming to church. Does that sound like a good thing? All right, we want to praise Jesus' name. Is that a good thing? So these are things that, that sometimes people say, we want to do better this year. Well, listen, listen, here's, here's, here's a special thing about the Christian life. We can try to do things, and we, there's, there's certain things that, that we ought to do, like read our Bible, sing, pray, fast, all these different things. Are, they're called spiritual disciplines. But you know, what, you know what Jesus really wants? You know what Jesus really wants? He wants your heart. Jesus, he's, he wants your heart. Because we can do lots of things. We can do all kinds of good things. But, but unless Jesus has our heart, the Bible tells us that it really doesn't amount to much. 
really doesn't amount to much. So Jesus wants our heart. And once we give him our heart, then all those things that we think we want to do to, to, to be a better person, to live a better life, to be a better Christian, those things begin to happen more naturally because our hearts have been changed. So let's pray this year. How about this? Let's pray that this coming year, people will give more of their hearts to Jesus. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you that we can reflect back on 2019 and look forward to 2020. And Lord, we can do all kinds of things, working really hard. But Lord, ultimately, you just want So may we live our life in accordance to your word. Give our hearts to Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Stand.
Curtis and Ann. You may be seated. Well, if you don't know by now, Pastor Aaron is, is not with us today. He and his family are uh, in Kentucky. Um, his grandmother passed away several months ago, and they are having a, uh, or, or they, they did have a memorial service for her yesterday. And so he had planned to be out uh, this, this Sunday, and so uh, here we are. Um, and today we are going to be in the book of 1 Samuel. If you have a worship guide, you'll notice that there is not a scripture listed there. That's because when I left the office Thursday, I wasn't sure where I was going to be preaching from. And so I could have put some scripture down there, but there's just as good a chance that it wouldn't be accurate. So uh, this way, at least it's not inaccurate. Um, but we will be in 1 Samuel. Uh, I chose 1 Samuel partly because uh, I wanted you to know that I could preach from somewhere other than the New Testament. And uh, secondly, because that's where I felt God lead me this morning. Um, but as we, as we get into 1 Samuel, we'll be in, in uh, chapter 4. Uh, I want to kind of tell this story, uh, 1, 1 Samuel chapter 4, I'm going to tell this story a little bit, and then we'll eventually be in chapter 7 uh, for our primary text. But to understand chapter 7, we've got to understand the story that leads us there. And so if you know anything about Samuel, you, you'll know this, he was born to Hannah, someone who prayed for uh, a child, and, and when Samuel was, was born, he went to, she... Hannah took her son Samuel to Eli, to the priest, to, to there worship and, and, and to learn and to train and to serve the Lord. And so Samuel grew up under Eli uh, and, and learned a lot from him. Uh, and then as he got a little bit older, he had a, he had a vision had a, or, or had a, a, a dream one night that God was calling him. If you know this story, he, he called his name several times. And Eli finally realized, okay, Samuel, this is the Lord calling you. After he does, uh, this, this next time you come back, you, you just say, speak for your servant is listening. And then, and then so this, this took place, and so Samuel heard a word from the Lord, and Eli said, well, what did he say? And if you know this part of the story, I, I don't know. I guess Samuel, he, he really valued honesty because he, he went ahead and told Eli what he had heard from the Lord, that his son's were terrible people, and that, that his life would not be much longer. Um, and so that's, that's the way that we kind of come into chapter 4. But what we see in chapter 4 is this. The Israelites went out in battle against the Philistines. Look at, look at chapter 4, verse 1. Samuel's words came to all Israel. Israel went out to meet the Philistines in battle and camped at Ebenezer. Remember that name. We're going to see it again. They camped at Ebenezer while the Philistines at Aphek. Now, so here, here we are. They're the, the Philistines and the Israelites are in battle. And the Philistines won. The Philistines won that day. If you keep reading, it says that they were struck down about 4,000 men. And so they, the, the Israelites retreated. They went back and they said, you know what we need to do? We need to get the ark. We need to get the Ark of the Covenant, bring it out in battle, and we are sure to win then because we will have God and his presence and his blessings upon us. And so they go out the next day, and you know what happens? They lose. Not only do they lose, there are more men that are defeated that day, but the Ark of the Covenant 
is stolen. The Ark of the Covenant is stolen from the Israelites. It's taken by the Philistines. And, and not only that, Eli's sons are killed. The great, the great prophet's sons are killed. And so if you, if you follow along with me, uh, and look at verse, verse 12 out of chapter 4. Uh, there, was, there was a Benjamite man who, who ran to Shiloh. His clothes were torn. There was dirt on his head. He arrived there. Uh, Eli was sitting in a chair beside the road watching. Uh, and then you get down to verse 14. Um, as, as he gave this, this report to Eli, uh, excuse me, verse 16, the man said to Eli, I'm the one who came from battle. I fled from there. He says, well, what happened? What happened? And the messenger told him. He says, uh, the, the Philistines there, and there was a great slaughter. Your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, they're dead. Your two sons are now dead. And this, and this, the ark of God has been captured. Now, you might think that Eli is really upset about his two sons being killed, and I imagine that he is. But what we see next is he was even more upset about the ark. Verse 18, when he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell backward off the chair by the city gate and since he was old and heavy he broke his neck and he died that's a sad way to end there and Eli had judged Israel for 40 years he was so upset about the ark being taken that he fell over and we see that that's the end of his life and then there's part of the story it just gets even worse it's sadder Eli's daughter-in-law well she was she was with child, Phineas's uh, wife. She was pregnant, about to give birth. When she heard about this, she was in so much pain that she just had, she just gave birth right then and there. And it was so bad that she named her son Ichabod. Um, she named her son Ichabod, and that just and 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 the Bible tells us right here that Ichabod means the glory has departed from Israel. Now, how would you like that as your name to just know? that everywhere you go, uh, people are saying, well, let's check off the roll. Is Eli here? Yes. Is Jeremiah here? Yes. Is the glory has departed from Israel here? Yes. That, that, that's your name. That's what you go with your, your whole life. But here we are, just an awful, awful day. They went out to battle, and they lost. They went to get the ark, thinking that would secure victory. And they go out to battle the next day. It does not secure victory for for them they lost and then the ark was taken and the two sons died and Eli hears of this and he dies and there's a child that's been born and he's given an awful name so the Philistines now have this ark and they're and they they take it everywhere I guess it's a I guess it's almost like a trophy of war but everywhere they put the ark strange and bizarre things happen in the encampment of the Philistines I mean idols fall off the shelf during the night they put the idol back up on the shelf. The next day, it falls off the shelf again, and its head and arms are broken off. And so they, 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 they move it around, and, and as different encampments of the Philistines have this, they break out in boils and cancers, and, and, and it's just everywhere the ark goes, there's pestilence follows it with the Philistines to the point that they say, we got to give this thing back. We got to give it back, and so somebody they, they they counsel with some folks about how to take it back. Say, so, well, if you take it back, you need to have a, you need to take an offering with you. And so they take they, they take an offering with them, and they they build an altar there, and they take the altar, and they they sacrifice the animals on the offering, and they say, here's here's your ark back. We don't want it anymore. You have it. 
and we're up to chapter 7. Now, please don't just take the BJV version of those few chapters, go back and read them. There's a good chance I missed something. Okay? But here we are at chapter 7. And uh, verse, verse 1, chapter 7. So the men of kiriath Jerem came for the ark of the Lord and took it to Abinadab's house on the hill. They consecrated his son Eliezer to take care of it. Time went by until 20 years had passed since the ark had been taken to kiriath Jerem. The whole house of Israel began to seek the Lord. So here we are. The ark has been returned to Israel. The ark has been returned to Israel, and they've commissioned one guy to take care of it. And it was there for 20 years. I want to read now the rest of chapter 7. And I would ask you, if you have found 1 Samuel chapter 7, and if you are able, to please stand in honor of reading God's word. Begin in verse 2. Time went by until 20 years had passed since the ark had been taken uh, to kiriath Jerim. Then the whole house of Israel began to seek the Lord. Samuel told them, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, get rid of the foreign gods and the Ashtaroth that are among you. Dedicate yourselves to the Lord and worship him only. Then he will rescue you from the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites removed the Baals and the Asherahs and only worshiped the Lord. Samuel said, Gather all Israel at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. When they gathered at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out in the Lord's presence. They fasted that day, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the Israelites at Mizpah. Then the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah. Their rulers marched up toward Israel. When the Israelites heard about it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. The Israelites said to Samuel, Don't stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, so that he will save us from the land of the Philistines, or from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a young lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on behalf of Israel, and the Lord answered him. Samuel was offering the burnt offering as the Philistines drew near to fight against Israel. The Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines that day and, uh, and, and threw them into such confusion that they fled before Israel. Then the men of Israel charged out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, striking them down all the way to a place below beth Car. Afterwards, Samuel took a stone and set it upright between Mizpah and Shin. He, he named it Ebenezer, explaining... The Lord has helped us to this point. Lord, thank you for your word and how you've preserved it for us. I pray that it goes forward today to accomplish your purposes. Speak now, for your servants are listening. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So in this story that I've, I've tried to just to, to summarize for you so far this morning, I believe that we can find at least three truths or three characteristics of God in, in this story this morning. And I want to highlight for us as we close out 2019 and as we look forward to 2020. First of all, first of all, what we see here is God will not be mocked. 
God will not be mocked. Well, where, where do we see that? So the Israelites were out fighting against the Philistines, and, and they lost. And so the next day they said, well, you know what we need to do? We need to go get the ark because there's great power in the ark. And, and there is. There's great power in the ark because the ark represents God's presence. But they bring the ark out, and, and they, 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 bring it, they, they bring it before the Philistines, and it doesn't work. God will not be mocked. Do you see in, in chapter 7, verse 2, what we see in the, the second half of verse 2 is very key. Then the whole house of Israel began to seek the Lord. I'm going to make an assumption to say that in chapter 4, the whole house of Israel was not seeking the Lord. All they were wanting is for God's blessing in their life. They weren't really seeking the Lord. They didn't go to him until after they had lost, and then they were wanting him to uh, provide power and providence on their behalf. They weren't seeking the Lord at that point. God will not be mocked. Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap corruption from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So we must not get tired of doing good. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. God will not be mocked. The Israelites learned that this day. You couldn't just go and grab the ark and, uh, and then have God at your beck and call. That's not the way it works. We don't gain his favor by simply invoking his symbol. Just because there's bumper stickers on my car, just because there's a cross around my neck, doesn't mean that my heart belongs to God and that I behave as accordingly. We don't gain his favor simply by showing up at church every now and again. That's not the way it works. We don't gain his favor by sending money to our favorite ministry. We don't gain his favor by seeking martyrdom uh, or outrageous self-righteous claims. We don't really gain his favor by doing anything. It's not about what we do. And when I say God's favor, please understand I'm not talking about the same, uh, did I just say flavor? Okay, well, sorry, that just caught me off guard. When I talk about God's favor, <laughs> when I talk about God's favor, I'm not talking about, the, in, in, not talking about it in the same way that the televangelist charlatans talk about God's favor and just blessings and money. And uh, In fact, one of my favorite stories was, was this. Somebody that uh, I, I knew called in one of these uh, telephone numbers that came across the screen and said, hey, I tell you what, you're on screen begging for money. It sounds like you need it more than I do. Why don't you send me $100? Um, and, you know, I, I thought it was pretty good. But, um, but that's not what I'm, that, that's, that's not the favor I'm talking about. It's about the peace of God and, 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 and knowing that with, with confidence. We, we talked about this morning in, in Sunday school, the vision that Daniel had of the, of the four beasts and that our eternity is secure knowing that God is with us. But there's more. It's not just about gaining his favor. Uh, we, we ought to be careful, church, of doing something or planning an activity and then asking God to bless it. it, it it's far better. It's far better to include God on the front end, see, God, where do you want us to go? What would you like for us to do? And then understanding that and just see that he blesses it because it's him guiding us all along the way. And when we get out in front of God sometimes and then we ask him to bless it, 
it, it, it doesn't always work. Or, or be, be careful, especially in this passage, what we see, be careful of living in sin and then asking God to bless it. I'm reminded of a story I heard an evangelist tell one time of how he had just preached a, a series on, on marriage, and he had a young man come up to him, and he said, um, he said, I wonder if you would pray for me and my fiancé. He said, okay, tell me more about the situation. He said, well, I'm a, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, and she's not. And so he said, I talked to him just a few more minutes and, and kind of determined, okay, I, I, I think he's accurate in this depiction. He's a believer and she's not. He said, would you pray for us that we would have a, a, a happy and successful marriage? And he said, no, I won't pray for that. And he said, he was describing, he said, I didn't know a, a person's jaw could drop that far. He said, why would you not pray for that? He said, I can't pray for God to bless something that's in clear violation of his scripture. I, I, I just can't pray for that. You, you, you don't need to be living in that way and then asking God to bless it. When we have sin in our life and we ask God to bless it, that's, that, look, what it's ultimately saying when we, when we do these things or when we ask God to bless something we've already done or, or, or we try to gain his favor by, by doing all these things, what we're really saying is, God, here's my will. Now, won't you bless it? And he's never done that. He says, no not your will that I bless it's my will so the first truth we see here is God will not be mocked but we do see blessings as we get to chapter 7 so what's what's different what does God bless I believe it's repentance and obedience and that's the second truth God responds favorably to repentance you see in verse 2 I've already highlighted it then the whole house of Israel began to seek the Lord and we see also that Samuel said now go tear down all these other idols and false worship places that, that you have created and turn back to God and we see that they confess their sins before Samuel and God responds favorably to this God then moves on behalf of his people. Several verses here I can share with you. Proverbs 28, 13. The one who conceals his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them will find mercy. Acts 3, 19. As, as, as Peter and John are preaching here. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Man, I don't know about you, but there's times in my life when I long for seasons of refreshing that comes from the Lord. And how do we get there? Repent and turn from our sins. And then one that is quoted so often for our nation, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. My people who are called by my name, humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, I love that scripture. But I want to be careful to, to assume that people who are not Christians, I don't think this, this scripture really applies to them. We can't just let people who are not Christians, they're going to just repent to God and start praying. It says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves. Church, that's, that's us. If we humble ourselves, those who are called by his name, if we humble ourselves, fall on our face and pray to God 
He hears from us. And he'll heal, he will heal our land. And then lastly, Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. God, you will not despise a broken and humbled heart. You could read the first chapter of Isaiah. You see that God is not impressed by all the sacrifices. What he wants is a heart after him. Every morning, every morning, I don't know if you get up in the morning and you read your scripture. I don't know if you get up and pray. I, I, I would hope that you do. Uh, you, maybe, maybe you have more of a quiet time or, or more of a study time in the evening or midday, whatever suits you best. But I, but I do hope you get up each morning and, and, and at least acknowledge that God got you up and there's something, there's a purpose for your day. And, and maybe it would, it would look something like this. You, you, you get up and, and say, search my heart, God, first of all, because I know already that there can be sin coming from my heart, coming out of me today. Search my heart, Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. And then secondly, something like a Roman salute. Here's my heart. Here's my heart, and I give it to you. It's yours. I take my heart, belongs to you, God, and so whatever you have for me today, I give to you. And wherever I go, whoever I encounter, I take your name with me. And so I want to speak the name of Jesus. I want to speak truth and life to people that I encounter today. Now, I, I expanded on that a little bit, but it's pretty simple. I, I repent before the Lord, I give my life to you, and I take the name of Jesus with me. It can be as simple as that. I believe God will honor that prayer. Look at uh, 1 Samuel 7, and let's look at the next two verses that I didn't get to. Verse 13 and 14. So the Philistines were subdued and did not invade Israel's territory again. The Lord's hand was against the Philistines all of Samuel's life. The cities from Ekron to Gath, which they had taken from Israel, were restored. Israel even rescued their surrounding territories from Philistine control. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. You see how God works when his people humble themselves before him, confess their sin, and repent from their evil ways, and turn again to God. God moves in a mighty way. God moved in a mighty way that day. He still does the same today. Well, God will not be mocked, but he does respond. He does respond to repentance. And I believe that this last statement is true, what we've just seen. God is faithful. God is faithful. We're closing in on circling around the sun another 365 days. And you know what? For 365 more days, God's been faithful. He was faithful last year. He was faithful the year before. He was faithful. He's always been faithful. And will continue to be faithful. But one, one commentator, love, I love the way he says this. If you remember back in, back in chapter 4, I told you to remember that name Ebenezer. Well, Samuel sets up a stone again, and he says, this is Ebenezer. And one commentator says this, All that was lost through sin in the first Ebenezer was restored through repentance in the second. I love that because we see God is, God is faithful. Look, Samuel remembered God's faithfulness. God provided a son for Abraham. God had protected Joseph from Potiphar's wife and raised him up under Pharaoh. God spared Moses' life and then provided for his people in Egypt. God led Joshua in conquest and his people to a land flowing with milk and honey. God had been faithful to his people, and Samuel did well to remember. Now, I've got a picture here. I have no idea what the actual Ebenezer stone looked like, but 
that's just a, a picture of what some people may think that there were several stones. We don't, the, it, we don't see that it was multiple stones. We see it was one stone. But yet, it wasn't like Stone Mountain because Samuel picked it up. And so, I, I don't know, it, maybe it was one big stone. Maybe he had some help erecting this stone. But it was something that was different. It was something that he could see. But it was something he could remember God's faithfulness by. And I just encourage you today, as you look forward to 2020, find something somehow, some way, where you can remember God's faithfulness. My, my dad, for years, carried a little cross in his pocket. So when he reached in his pocket, he'd find that cross he would, he would remember. Maybe you've got something like that. Maybe there's something set up in, in your bathroom or, or in your car on the dashboard or, or somewhere in your house. Remember God's faithfulness. Well, I don't, like I say, I don't know exactly what the stones look like that, that, that he set up, but, but this is what's very clear. It was a, it was a symbol of remembrance of God's faithfulness. And just as Samuel remembered God's faithfulness, we too, 2019, we would do well to remember God's faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There's no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Listen, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I wonder, can you say that? Can you sing that today? Can that be the song that's on your heart today? We do well to remember that God is faithful. So as we move from 2019 into 2020, I just have a couple of things to ask you. First one is very pointed. Are you mocking God? Believe me, as I prepare this message, I have to ask these questions myself. Are you mocking God? Have you been asking for his blessing? Have you been praying? for his hand upon your life, but continue to live in sin, unwilling to repent. Remember, remember, God does respond to repentance and obedience. Are you mocking God? Second question, do you need to repent? With this caveat, let me, let me say this, okay? Hear, hear me out. It's not a magic formula that you repent, all of a sudden you get everything you've always been praying for. God's blessings are his and his to give. And how he gives them and when he gives them. But he does respond to repentance and obedience. And, and, and this is just from personal experience as, as, as well as, as what we see here in Scripture, but, but also I'm speaking from personal experience. I just happen to notice I just happened to notice that when my life and my heart is more aligned to God's heart and, and when my will has been turned over to his will, I just happened to notice his presence and his peace is more evident in my life. And those are the blessings that I seek. It's for him to be so evident in my life. And then lastly, today, remember God's faithfulness. 
Allow his faithfulness and his providence to carry you into 2020. My last question is not on the board up here. It won't be on the screen. But it's just this. Will you trust him? Will you trust him today? Maybe for the very first time. Maybe for the very first time you turn in repentance and you fall down before God and say, I need you. I need you, God. I've been trying to live this life. I've been, I've been trying. I've been trying to do all the spiritual disciplines. I've been trying to live a good life. I've been trying to be the best husband I can be or the best wife I can be, the best mother or father. I've been trying to be the best student I can be, the best brother or sister. But God, I need to be yours. You, I've never given my heart to you. I've never repented of my sin. Today could be that day live with the peace and presence of Jesus today. But maybe there's something else. Maybe you said, I, I've, I've given Jesus my life. But there's some other sin. Like, in 2018, when there was a sermon about what, wants, what you want to change in 2019, a, a year ago, it was that same sin. It was that same issue that I was dealing with. It was that same spiritual discipline that I sought in 2018. And if I think about it, I go back to 2017, it was that same thing. I was dealing with that in 17. And I go back to 26, it was the same thing. And every year, I think, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do better. I'm, can, I, can I tell you, stop trying to do better and give your life to Jesus. Give it to Him fully and completely. And just see what happens. Father, thank you for this message, this, this story from Samuel's life. God, thank you that you're not mocked. I, I know sometimes I think that I would like to be able to just grab you like a genie in a bottle and have you at my every wish and beck and call. But Lord, that's foolish of me. Thank you that you're not mocked. But thank you so much for grace that you bestow upon us when we repent and that you gladly embrace us as your children. Lord, your peace, may it go with us today. May we carry that into 2020. May we carry it into eternity. Father, help us to tell people about you. I don't know why, but just a couple of weeks ago I had this revelation. I don't know why I pray for boldness and courage to tell people about somebody that loves them supremely. God, I know you love people. Why, why would I be terrified to tell people that you love them? Sometimes I let Satan talk too much in my life and don't listen to your words. Father, forgive me and lead me follow you. So in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to sing this last song together. I ask if you would please stand. And if God is working on your heart, just repent and, and, and turn to him. Fall down before him and see what wonderful things might take place. Maybe it's something you do right there in your chair. The altar's open. I'll be here to pray with you if you love someone to pray with. But uh, however God's working in your life, you, you respond.
taken uh, 10 uh, of our college students to the uh, Passion Conference in Atlanta this week. And so pray that the Lord moves, stirs in their hearts, and, and, uh, and, and just does a, a mighty work there. Uh, second thing, uh, end, end of year statements. If you you know if you want to if you want to get your uh, tax break because you've given to the church, well that's that's fine, that's wonderful. Um, just make sure that they're in the office tomorrow. The check's in the office tomorrow, or it's at least postmarked by the thirty first. And then um, we we also have been collecting gift cards for the Hornsby's um, as they have moved here and into a new home bless them. Uh, it used to be, I think we called it a pounding, but I think that's, been, I, think, I don't think people like to be pounded. I don't know, but, um, but, um, but, but gift cards are a wonderful way for, for, to, to bless them as they move into their new home. Uh, if you can, please, by all means, get them here by next Sunday morning. That would be fantastic. Uh, the point person on that is Robin McMichael. So uh, there are no activities here tonight or Wednesday night. Please pay attention to your bulletin, and I would say thank you again for giving.